Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocks podcast. This is part three of my conversation with Israel Wayne from the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. We're talking about avoiding the pitfalls of homeschooling. Again, if you missed the Homegrown Generation Family Expo, that was our online conference that we did back in March, you can still have access to that entire conference. Go to homegrowngeneration.com, sign up there, look in the show notes for a discount code so that you can register and get a little bit more off of the registration, which is already really, really inexpensive. Uh, But before we get back into our conversation, I wanna say thank you again to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com and try them out for free, ctcmath.com. Now enjoy part three of my interview with Israel Wayne. So there's a balance there. I think homeschooling does give you the capacity, if you can, to make something more enjoyable rather than less, and that's always a, a desirable goal. If you can make something less painful for your child, that's great, but at the end of the day, your child, you will always have a child who doesn't like writing or doesn't like English or doesn't like history or whatever it is. And they're all going to be different. But sometimes you just have to learn how to slog through some things. And we can't always just blame it on the curriculum. And it's not always wise. Sometimes it is. It's not always wise to just throw money at at curriculum and think, well, if I just spend a few more thousand dollars, then that's going to fix the problem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Do you have others to go through? I mean, I know there's lots of mistakes that people can make with homeschooling. I think you've hit on the really important ones. Um, Sure. I think another thing to consider is I I mentioned this sometimes about um, when you buy a curriculum that's made for a school classroom, and that mm -hmm. was all that was available when I was growing up. And most of the curriculum that's still out there uh, that people buy for homeschooling was originally designed for a school classroom. Mm -hmm. One thing to keep in mind with that is the school, even like a private Christian school, their school day is kind of patterned after the public school. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, they're trying to keep those students there for an hour a class. So I remember when I was being homeschooled in fifth grade, I was diagramming 42 sentences a day. Oh, good golly. (laughs) In fifth grade using a, a curriculum you would all know, uh, because they were, they were basically just having to keep you busy. Right. for an hour in English class. yeah, And so it was really super painful, especially for me as a dyslexic kid. And I just hated every minute of it. And so my mom finally started to wise up to the fact that homeschooling doesn't mean we have to sit there for seven hours a day. Right. We're not a classroom. We don't have to do that. We're not on the clock, right? right. So the idea is teach the concept, learn the concept, mm-hmm. test the concept, drill the concept a little bit, and then move on to another concept and then eventually kind of cycle back to that concept later to make sure you still remember it. But this concept of, of, I call it drill and kill, where we're just going to go through 42 sentences a day diagramming, (laughs) what it does is it frustrates the student and it makes them hate learning and you don't have to do that. So, um, you know, in, in a situation like that, either look for a curriculum that's published specifically for homeschoolers that cuts out a lot of the busy work or if you found a good quality uh, textbook company that creates for the classroom, just realize you don't have to like do every single drill or every single question on the test right. if it's just repetitive drill right. information. Yeah. So you can skip a lot of that. You can say, look, if there's 42 of those, do five and then let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Yep. Love that. We do that with our girls, uh, specifically with math um, is, I mean... If you know how to do the problem, don't waste your time, you know, and, and that 
for the mom who makes their child sit there and complete every single, you know, 42 sentences. And if it's causing frustration for your student, that is breaking the relationship between you and your child, because then they're going to be frustrated actually probably more with you than -hmm. they are with the actual parsing of the sentences. And so, you know, again, that goes back to the relationship part and uh, build that relationship. And again, I mean, make them do things sometimes that they don't want to do, but if it's unnecessary, that's just, it's just a waste of everyone's time. So, um, all right, let's answer a couple of questions. So Leah asked this, she said, I have twin 14 year olds and I've homeschooled them since birth, but still struggle with how to individualize their education. And they struggle with comparison with each other. That's where we have to, as parents, uh, put the parenting hat on and make sure that our children recognize their identity is who they are in Christ mm-hmm. and that they know that they are loved for who they are as individuals and that, that we do do what we can as parents to help them establish their own personhood um, in life, right? And I think the more secure they become with that as a macro concept, mm-hmm. just in the relationship and parenting and family dynamic side, and then Mm-hmm. I mean, what 14 year old doesn't feel awkward? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but we were all 14 year olds. And that's like, if you look up the definition of awkward <laughs> in the dictionary, it says 14 year old. Right. Uh, so I think there is a sense in which we're all still trying to find our way, you know, yeah. at that point in our life. But I think, um, you know, as they begin to, to find those interests, feed into that and cultivate mm-hmm. that and encourage that and, uh, you know, be, be willing to. Uh, press into them finding those little things that is right. their identity, you know? And yeah. so whenever I see my child, if my child shows a little bit of interest in music or shows a little bit of interest in outdoor stuff or whatever it is, I try to feed that, fuel it, finance it, you know, to get behind that. Just And sometimes it's a fad, you know, they'll go through a few months of it and drop it. But sometimes those things really help you to figure out who you want to be in life. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, feed, feed into that and support it. When you see a spark of interest, uh, feed into that. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say too, as far as the comparison between the two of them, help teach them to praise their brother or sister. I don't know if you have boys or girls. Um, help teach them to praise their sibling when they succeed at something. We have a friend who has two boys. Um, they're not twins, but they're very close in age. And one of them is crazy just crazy smart academically. And the other one is very, very gifted, um, uh, athletically. And the one who's gifted athletically is not gifted academically and, and vice versa. And so teaching them like, okay, you know, when, when your brother, you know, hits that ball, you know, all the way across the field, praise him for it. You're not as good at that as he is, but encourage him and praise him for it. And when your brother, you know, the baseball player, sees his brother excelling at the academics, praise him for it. Hey brother, I am so proud of you. You did such a good job on that test and, and teach them to encourage one another that way, because that takes away the, the battle, you know, and the comparison that they have um, and, and praise them in front of each other too. You know, man, you did such a good job on that in, in that baseball game, or you did such a great job on, you know, that project that you were working on, whatever, Um, And so that, again, goes back to you being intentional, but also helping them to individualize their education is knowing what their learning style is because they're both very different. I'm sure they have very different learning styles. And so you have to pinpoint what their learning style is. Maybe one of them is an auditory learner and one of them is a visual learner. And so if you haven't figured that out yet, 
try to figure out how they learn. And then you're going to, you might have to use different things for both of them. And that's okay. You do what you have to do in order for them to learn. You do as much as you can together, you know, use as much curriculum as you can with both of them together. But some things you might have to use different methods for teaching them. And so that really comes down to knowing what their learning style is. And we actually, on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast, um, we did a whole series on learning styles and um, it was excellent, but, but study them and know what their learning style is. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward his creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. Let's move to another question. This is also from Leah. She said, any encouragement for that as we move into high school years? Also, speaking of high school, if they want to go to college, how do you challenge them without standardizing them? Well, I mean, again, the whole system of college is predicated on standardization. So you, if you plan to have your child have a career, a college track, then you kind of have to fit into the standardization mold, particularly in high school, um, because you are preparing them for the entrance exams and the classes and all that that they're going to be taking. So um, it, it is difficult. I, th- I think, honestly, in some ways, it's going to be more difficult as time goes forward in the future for homeschoolers to do well. This is my hunch um, on like college entrance exams and things like that, because I just expect that increasingly the the standards for getting into college uh, are going to be increasingly woke. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't taught to the test, you know, if you haven't taught their standards, um, your child may grow up and really not be, may not do well yeah. on those tests because you haven't trained them in revisionist history. You haven't trained them in cultural Marxism. You haven't trained them in critical race theory. And so when they get to a lot of these tests that they're supposed to be standardized in, your child probably won't be standardized and may not do real well on mm-hmm. those tests. And it doesn't mean that your child isn't smart. It doesn't mean that they're not educated. It just means they were educated differently by different standards. And mm-hmm. so um, th- there are concerns I actually have moving forward that I, th- I think college increasingly is just going to be a place that's going to be harder for independently independent-minded uh, homeschoolers who weren't raised in the lockstep system right. uh, to get in. You know, I think they're going to have uh, more of a challenge. They'll, they'll probably have to kind of be uh, educated and, and, and coached in this is what they're looking for. Right. And this is what they, this is, these are the answers they want, so to speak. So anyway, um, but yeah, you, you basically have to kind of learn how to conform to their standards. If you want to enter into that realm, it's, it's kind of the nature of it. 
Yeah. Wow. I, I've actually never really thought about that before, Israel. That is a really, really good point. Uh, Demystifying Learning Styles with Tyler Hogan. Uh, that was the episode on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Listen to that because if you haven't figured out your kids' learning styles, that episode is fantastic and it will really help you to figure out how your child learns, how your children learn best. Um, let's take one last question. This is from Mary and she says, I'm new to homeschooling and agree that kids don't need to learn everything or be great test takers, but how do we make sure that they are able to apply for college? Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll let Can you I jump into in? that too. So, yeah, I have a whole chapter in here on high school. I have a chapter on college. You know, how do you prepare for high school? How do you prepare for college? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm biased against college. And you say, well, explain that. Well, I don't have enough time to. That's why I wrote a whole chapter about it in the book. Um, I think that college should not be the assumed default for homeschooling families and their students. I believe college is absolutely necessary for some people Mm -hmm. to be able to pursue their career uh, that that God's called them to. Um, I I want my medical doctor, I want my surgeon to have a whole wall of degrees. (laughs) And not learn it on YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, so, so there's, it's not wrong to have, you know, some higher education, but increasingly uh, there's a book that we sell on our website, again, familyrenewal.org forward slash store called is college worth it. If you really want an in-depth look at that question of is college worth it, please read that book. It's written by William J. Bennett. You may remember him, the book of virtues mm-hmm. guy. I think yeah. he worked for, uh, for Ronald Reagan uh, as education secretary, if I remember correctly. Um, and, and his book is phenomenal in that it just examines almost every facet and angle of considering the college option. And he basically landed the same place that I do. So, you know, I thought I was ra- rather surprised to see someone of his academic pedigree agreeing and saying, really, this should just not be the default for students now. We live in a very different world than we did 40 years ago. And, and there are people who are making uh, a lot of money in the trades right now who didn't need college for it. Yeah. And, and fully three quarters of all people in the workforce in the United States right now are employed in a field completely unrelated to their college degree. Mm-hmm. Three quarters. So you have the cost of college, you have all of the woke ideology, you have the fact that they continue to dumb down the curriculum, you have the fact that you're you know, what used to be a bachelor's degree 40 years ago, now the equivalent is like you have to get a master's degree to get the same type of job. Like everything's changed. And I, I don't have time to give you the whole thesis there, but you can find out more of my thoughts on that and answers for homeschooling, but also grab a copy of uh, William J. Bennett's book, Is College Worth It? Yeah. And I just think we need to reset from that and assume that uh, our child doesn't necessarily need college. And then when we find out that they do, then mm-hmm. we do what we can to prepare them for that that direction. But there's let me throw this out as well. Um, that basically all Christian young people, uh, who, let me say this, all professing Christian young people who say going into college, I am a Christian, um, three quarters of them will say, I'm no longer a Christian. And I, I do not believe in Christianity at the end of their freshman year mm. of one year at a secular college or university. Yeah. Three quarters in their freshman year uh, at a secular college or university. That's massive. Yeah. And so as Christians, I just, I I think we really need to reconsider that. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least really reconsider 
where your child is going to college. You know, there, there are some really good ones, you know, Bob Jones University. Um, I know that there are some colleges that are really excellent and still teaching a very strong biblical worldview to their students. Uh, but yeah, definitely be, be careful where you're sending your kids. Don't spend 13 years instructing them at home and giving them a, a biblical foundation and then think that when you put them into a secular school um, or, a, or a Christian school that is as bad as a secular school. That's um, right. It, that can actually be more dangerous because then they think they're getting a Christian education and yeah. they're getting the complete opposite of that. So be very cautious of where you're sending your kids. Israel, tell us again where people can find your books and find out more about your ministry. Familyrenewal.org. And we'd also love to have you connect with us on social media. Just look up Israel Wayne or Family Renewal, and we would love to connect with you there. Sounds great. And they've got lots of great resources on there. And Israel, I know you're speaking all over the place this season. It is now homeschool conference season. And so Israel's going to be all over. Are, I think you have a list, if I remember, on your website of where you're going to be speaking, right? Yeah. So familyrenewal.org forward slash events. That'll okay. get you to quite a few of them, not all of them. But uh, also, if you want to get on our email list, it's uh, familyrenewal.org forward slash subscribe. Okay. And you'll always get an email update when we're in your area. Yeah. Awesome. Israel's got some great books, not just on education, but on parenting as well. Um, he can be a parenting expert. He's got 11 kids. I hope you've enjoyed this interview this week. It's the replay of my interview with Israel Wayne from the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. And if you're anything like me, I know that you have been really encouraged. Israel is a wealth of information and encouragement and knowledge and experience when it comes to homeschooling. And so he is certainly the one to talk on this topic. Thank you guys for being with us this week. Again, it is not too late to sign up for the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. You can do that by going to the website, homegrowngeneration.com. Look in the show notes for a discount code so you can get a little bit off of the already very low price for this conference. And be sure to share this with your friends. Have a great rest of your day. Stay tuned for what's coming next on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com rocked. We need an end goal because there's a growing pragmatic understanding that the public schools, the government schools are not working. Legislators and leaders were coming to me saying, I don't know how to explain this. My gut tells me not to expand socialism, but everybody thinks public education is an inherent right, and I don't have the words to explain things. We need to define the ultimate objective, and we need to define the principles that underpin this. It's not just a pragmatic argument. It's not just, well, the government schools aren't doing a good job, so let's find another way to do it. It's why is the government involved in education in the first place?